You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. Thank you for joining us for a special Saturday edition of 49K. It is October 21st. The 49ers held their final practice today in preparation for their Monday night football game against the Minnesota Vikings. And joining me, as always, for these deep dive previews into the matchup is Lori Fitzpatrick. Lori, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited for prime time. Prime time, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Prime time 49ers, man. I'm excited. Let's go. And I know, um, how, how are the Phillies doing? Because I, I know, you know, you've been you've been real locked in to, to baseball and the playoffs. You know, a lot of people are tuning in. I'm not one of those people, but how, how are the Phillies doing? Well, they were doing good, um, but, uh, you know, now it's two and two. They got to make it exciting, right? So, right. hey, it's it's October. So, yeah, tonight's a big game for either team uh, since it's tied. And I think the same with uh, the other side of the the A, the ACLS or whatever, uh, the ALCS, um, you know, for the Houston Astros and the Texans um, or uh, Texas, I should just say. Uh, yeah, they're they're tied too, so it's really exciting. Okay. So yeah, I know baseball isn't as exciting as um as football, but it's playoffs, so you know you gotta watch it. I will say, like playoffs is exciting when the Giants are in. If the Rockies ever get into, because you know I'm in Colorado now, I'm sure I would tune in. But as of right now, I'm just checked out with <laughs> with baseball. But glad that the Phillies are doing all right for you. Um, let's get into this game, though. You know, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, of course, is a closed-off indoor stadium, so that's good. Weather's going to be a non-factor for any 49er fans that are out there. It seems like the weather will be pretty freaking good. Uh, now, I think, like, the biggest thing that we need to talk about right away is the injuries because the 49ers, I guess, dropped a bit of a bombshell on us not too long ago, and they declared Debo Samuel as out today. He will actually be out for the next two games. He has a hairline fracture in, in his shoulder. Um, and Trent Williams, who had his ankle rolled up against the Browns, he returned to that game, of course. He missed practice all week, though, and he is doubtful for Monday night as well. And you know, kind of ironically, like Christian McCaffrey, who I think like throughout the week we probably knew the least about his injury. Um, and so I think we were all kind of assuming, oh, that must mean it's like the worst of all the three injuries. He actually returned to practice today on Saturday, uh, which was the 49ers' final practice before traveling to Minnesota. And he's questionable. So it feels like the arrow is pointing up on Christian McCaffrey, at least. And Dre Greenlaw, of course, is also questionable after missing last week's game. Uh, but those are some like pretty significant blows for the 49ers, I would say. If Debo and Trent, uh, I mean, I'd say Trent probably not going to play either. So both of those guys being out, it's a, it's a pretty big blow. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, the 49ers uh wide receiving core is gonna have to step up this game. You know, I think um I think uh Jennings didn't do too bad last game. Obviously, like if we set aside um just the throwing and passing in general, um, you know, I I think that they can rely on Jennings. Um McLeod is good when it comes to, you know, handing the ball off. It's just is he gonna be able to catch the ball downfield? Um you know, so I'm definitely looking forward to see who is going to be that guy that's going to step up. Is it going to be Ronnie Bell? 
Yeah, it it definitely could be. And we'll talk about those guys in a bit. Now, on the Vikings side, um, they called their uh, starting left guard out as well in this game, Ezra Cleveland. So maybe that that kind of offsets, you know, Trent Williams being out. Who knows? Um, And then uh, two questionable players are cornerback. Uh, Caleb Evans uh, with an oblique injury is questionable and wide receiver Jalen Naylor. Um, And as you guys know, Justin Jefferson is on IR. So, you know, they're, they're kind of hurting with some injuries too, but I will say this. It seems like to me, the, the Vikings, they're two and four, but they're not as bad as their record would suggest. Like, I don't know if it's just me. Like I'm not saying they should be six and oh either, but like, I feel like right now they're kind of the definition of a middle of the pack team in DVOA, their offense ranks 15th, their defense ranks 13th and their special teams ranks 23rd. So like very, you know, middle of the pack, I would say in all three of those categories. And I don't know if you've seen a lot of uh, the Vikings this year, Lori, but like, do you kind of get the same sense on that as well? Uh, Yeah, but, you know, now they they lost their best player, and he's also in my fantasy, so I actually had to trade uh, for Addison. So, um, you know, last week he didn't do too bad, um, but I think they give up too much points. Um, yeah. You know, out of their games, uh, the opponent, week one, 20 points. Week two against the Eagles, 34. Against the Chargers, 28. Um, then against the Chiefs, I mean, you know, obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but they let up 27. So they let up too many points. So I think... That this game for the 49ers, baby, I think this is the game. Unlike last week when I say I thought it was going to be a low-scoring game, it was a low-scoring game. Um, you know, unfortunately, they didn't win, but I'm just glad that I was right about that. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah. this week we're going to go crazy in terms of scoring a lot of points. Um, I think it's going to be a complete turnaround. I, I would hope so. But let's start with the cautious matchups for the 49ers first, because I do want to end the show on a high note like we always do. And so first and kind of surprisingly, I'm just going to say that like Christian McCaffrey, obviously being questionable, like that's a good sign. I feel good about him being able to play. So let's assume that he does. Um, but I'm still kind of feeling like the Vikings defense has been pretty good, like against the run. And so I I would expect that maybe we don't see a high efficiency game from Christian McCaffrey. Although at the same time, I think we can bet on him at least scoring a touchdown because he's had a touchdown in 15 consecutive games that he has played in. Of course, he's chasing that uh, number 16 and eventually 17 to tie the all-time record. So probably a good bet that he is able to score, you know, those six points. But even if the 49ers, even if McCaffrey's active and and decide to put him in maybe on third down or red zone situations, or maybe he won't have any limitations at all. The Vikings have allowed just two touchdowns to running backs this season. Um, but, you know, whether it's McCaffrey, whether we do see some more Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason in this one, um, you know, I, I don't expect that high efficiency day because the Vikings have held opposing running backs to a pretty conservative 3.7 yards per carry this season, 88 rushing yards allowed per game. And I will say that like it, that is probably even heavily skewed by DeAndre Swift's 175 yard 
performance in week two uh, when they play the Eagles. So 88 yards potentially could even be lower had that game not happened, which kind of feels like an outlier. I mean, 175 yards is just uh, kind of a crazy performance for any running back. But who knows? Maybe McCaffrey will have a bigger role out of the backfield that's pass catcher, like with Debo out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, letting up 200 and what was it, 58 yards against the Eagles, um, you know, I think that's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, it's like an outlier, but at the same time, it's like, you know, they're running a lot of dime. And, you know, it's it's like obviously the one of the one of the best defenses to run against. If you got six DBs on the field, you know, that leaves what, you know, not not too many got no too many big guys up front. Um, if, if you're blocking well now, Trent Williams being out is going to be, you know, that's, that's the tough part, but you know, if, yeah, I understand that the, the, the Eagles offensive line, uh, you know, is a little bit better. Um, but at the same time, you know, that's a lot of yards that they're giving up, but also Brock Purdy isn't that, you know, rushing quarterback. So it's going to all on be, it's going to be all on McCaffrey. Um, and I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I know that he's what was it not doubtful but uh was was, was he questionable yeah so i mean yeah they might have to rely on him a little bit more than you know what they thought uh to be honest if they're going to be running a, if the vikings d is going to be running a lot of time so um i think they're going to have to kind of lean a little bit on the run game um just a little bit you know this week yeah, they they definitely will want to do that, and we'll we'll just have to wait and see if if they have some success with that. Of course, Christian McCaffrey is like one of those guys who, regardless of the situation, I feel like he can he can kind of make something out of nothing. But the Vikings do have that run stuff for Harrison Phillips up the middle. He has a run stop win rate of thirty nine point four percent. Um, but you know the Vikings also have a guy who can impact the passer as well. And currently in the NFL, there's a four-way tie for league league lead in sacks. Vikings pass rusher Daniel Hunter is one of those players with eight sacks on the season. He also has 18 pressures this year. Um, he'll be lining up, I think, mostly against the 49ers right tackle, Colton McKivitz, on Sunday because he normally lines up, I believe, on the left side of the defensive line. So that means he's over the right tackle, right? Like, I think that's... That's how it usually usually works. Like I'm like thinking of the yeah the PFF. Like I think has him lined up over the right tackle. So probably more Colton McKivitz is is who will see Daniel Hunter. Which um you know, Lori, you know how much I dread the right side of that uh, offensive line. But it, this week maybe it'll look better than the left side, given that Trent Williams is out. Right. Uh, so look, while, while I'm a little wary about Hunter in this one, I, I do feel good overall about the 49ers offensive line, you know, like holding up and, and keeping Brock safe, at least for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just up to, up to Brock to get the ball out of his hands quick. And for like, when, when I, when I watched the all 22 of last week, it just didn't seem like, it just didn't seem like he like was able to get the ball out quick because there were so many long developing plays. So yeah. it, it just seemed like, um, you know, they were getting held up a lot and, you know, they were playing more against that man defense. This week is a little bit different against the, you know, uh, Vikings, you know, running more of zone. Um, so I think just as long as he can get the ball out quick and the designs are to get, 
you know, obviously the wide receivers open quickly. You know, I'm not I'm not too worried, you know, about Brock Purdy against that blitz. I think, you know, we covered this a couple weeks ago how he is against the blitz and he plays pretty well. So yeah, um Vikings are blitzing more than any other team in the league. 57% of opponents drop backs. I think they'll be a little more prepared. 49ers will be a little more prepared than they were when they faced the Giants on Thursday night football when they when like Brock was blitzed a ton, literally like a historic amount. Um and so hot reads will be important in, in this one. Um I'll also say like don't be surprised if their slot corner, Josh Metellus, and their safety, Harrison Smith, get in on the blitzing action as well. They have combined for four sacks and three forced fumbles just among those two players. So just something to keep an eye on, too. Um, I think with Trent out, it'll be a extra challenge for Brock. Um, but as long as they have those, like, hot reads, quick throws dialed up, I think, you know, they should be in a in a pretty good spot. Yeah, because, you know, the Vikings D is sitting back a lot. I'm hoping, and I said this last week and it didn't happen, I'm hoping that Kittle, you know, will be that X factor this game. You know, uh, it dropping back into dime defense, that's taking away a lot of, like, 10 yards plus. Kittle just needs to pop out, and, and then he'll, he'll, he'll be open. I noticed that a lot uh, when I watched their game two uh, defensive film when they blitzed everyone else dropped so far back that the flats and that like, you know, zero to five yards was wide open. Like they could run for days afterwards. So yeah, the hot routes will be important. Like you said, man. Yeah. And, and I do want to shift really quickly to the Vikings like offense because, and in particular their offensive line, because to me, that's kind of one of the cautious matchups, um, because they're an above average unit. And as you can see, their, their comp- composite pass protection rating is seventh in the NFL. For context, the Browns, who the 49ers just faced, ranked eighth. And so the 49ers did get a couple of sacks on PJ Walker. They got some pressure on him too. So, you know, maybe that makes you feel good about this matchup. Last week, Gregory and Clinton Farrell had three pressures each. Uh, Nick Bosa and Hargrave had two each. Kinlaw and Armstead had one pressure each. So I can see it going either way, honestly, despite them being ranked so high, the 49ers defensive line are not scrubs, right? Like, in fact, you know, I know we've mentioned Brandon Thorne uh, on this podcast before, and I did see that he had offensive line analyst, um, as we'd mentioned in the past, he has the 49ers defensive line over the Vikings offensive line as a favorable matchup. And here's uh, what he said in particular, the 49ers defensive line ranks ninth in pass rush win rate, ninth in pressure percentage and seventh in quarterback knockdown percentage. The Vikings offensive line ranks sixth in pass block win rate, 25th in pressure percentage given up and 32nd in QB hits given up. So that's kind of crazy to me how they can be so good in like the pass block win rate, but Kirk Cousins is still getting hit. He's still getting some heat while getting the ball out. So also what he highlights here is that uh, their center has kind of been shaky and that's where, you know, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead, I think is going to come in. And as we mentioned, like earlier in the show, um, Ezra Cleveland, their left guard is going to be out for this game too. And I also pulled up uh, some of Ed Ingram's numbers, their uh, right guard. 
And so far, he's he's also been kind of, you know, giving up a, a bit of pressures, a few every game, it seems like. So, I yeah, I think the interior is going to be key for the 49ers in this one and, and getting pressure on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be a bloodbath, honestly. Um, and on top of that, Kirk under the lights, you know, him seeing ghosts early, man, it's going to be, you know, Hargrave's going to have fun. He's gonna have fun. That that's that's all I gotta say. Especially with the with the injuries that um you know the Vikings are facing too. But I think with both teams' injuries, obviously, um Justin Jefferson being the 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 harder hit, um in terms of uh you know one of the most productive guys in the whole entire league. So, you know, I think the the 49ers will be able to to hit home and they'll be able to get Cousins for sure. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and Technic Sheik is asking, do you see Randy Gregory making an impact as well? Ooh. I mean, I absolutely do. Just based on what he was able to do last week against the Browns, he had, uh, I believe, three pressures, the sack, uh, two tackles for loss. So, I mean, he definitely made an impact. And he, he only played 26 total snaps in that game. So we can expect that his uh, snaps are going to increase this week with a full week of practice with the team. Mm-hmm. And I would expect that to help the defensive line tremendously too. Yeah, no, that would be exciting. And, and if they uh, if the 49ers happen to get up early, then, you know, Randy might see even more snaps just to kind of get his feet wet, you know, get used to playing uh, with these other defensive linemen. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the um, favorable matchups and we'll stick with the 49ers defense here because I think they can have some success against Alexander Madison and Cam Akers in this Vikings run game because quite frankly, it's been kind of abysmal through, you know, the first six weeks of the season. And we were talking about fantasy teams earlier. Lori, I like regret drafting Madison in so many leagues because he's been so terrible. The Vikings run game ranks 25th in run DVOA. Madison is averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Minnesota is running the least of any team in the NFL. They average just 18.8 carries per game. They're 30th in rushing yards per game. They average just 75 rushing yards per game. And Madison has yet to score even a rushing touchdown this year. And so with the 49ers mm-hmm. expecting, you know, Dre Greenlaw to be back, you know, Fred Warner's going to be out there. And after the game that they just had against the Browns, where the Browns were actually having some su- success on the ground, I would expect they they lock in and they make, you know, the Vikings one-dimensional quick. Yeah, no, I had no idea that they were um, last in the league. And I also didn't know that Madison did score a touchdown yet. Oh, man, I feel bad for you. I hope you don't start him anymore, especially this game. Uh, because, yeah, that's not looking good. You're right, though, about Brett. The Browns last week, they had some success on the ground, you know, especially in the first quarter. It just seemed like the 49ers, like, it took them forever to get some, get some momentum. And then the Cleveland Browns were just like, getting like really big chunk plays and just like scoring yeah. a little bit quicker or getting downfield a little bit quicker. So um, I don't think they'll, it'll be the opposite problem uh, this week. Um, you know, they'll have to rely on Kirk Cousins under the lights, which, you know, well, I already said it. It's, it's We've uh, already been hinting at that one. <laughs> it, I think it's just going to be, people are going to have to turn this game off, you know, before the third quarter. So, wow. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm just really high on this one. 
We're we're not at the score prediction like section know, know, yet, but I am looking I'm looking forward to to what you have to say about that one. I can't wait. <laughs> but uh, okay, let's talk about the other quarterback, Brock Purdy, right? And we already we've talked about how much the Vikings blitz. They do it more than any other team, and so I do have concerns on the offensive line. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I think there's optimism for me that Brock Purdy can have success against you know the Vikings defensive line and how much they blitz. For one, like the Vikings are only generating a pressure rate of 28.9, and that ranks 18th in the NFL. So while they're blitzing a ton, like they're not even getting that much pressure on quarterbacks. So maybe it's more of a necessity thing for them. And it being so expected that the Vikings are going to blitz and the 49ers having an extra day to prepare for it, I think the 49ers are going to be able to scheme around it. Like we talked about the hot reads. So Purdy getting the ball out quickly will be key. He's been pretty good at that this year, aside from, you know, we already mentioned the Browns game seemed like, just a weird game overall where that didn't really happen. Um, but it seemed like the plays, the plays that were being called and after the injuries, like that kind of all went away. So I'm just kind of chalk that one up as like an outlier game as well. And, and Purdy has done well against the blitz. Um, he's actually seen, he's been blitzed the third most in the league so far this year. So he has a lot of experience against five or more pass rushers. He's 35 of 57 for 426 yards, uh, 205 air yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, passer rating of 113.6. So I, I personally feel pretty good about Brock Purdy being able to handle the blitz and Kyle Shanahan scheming things up to make it easier for him. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think it's going to be, you know, that big of a problem. And and like you mentioned with the five uh five or more rushers, it is funny because Vikings lead the league by like 20 attempts when when you filter five or more rushes. But they're 25th EPA. Right? Then when you go to six or more edge rushers, they're second best EPA. Mm. But I also looked up, okay, well, what happens when, you know, you have six or more pass rushers that leaves only, you know, a couple guys deep. So on 15 or more air yards, they're 25th EPA. So um, they're giving up 21 expected points per attempt. Um, That's crazy. Uh, That's, that's really, really bad. So just as long as Purdy can get it out and, and just go for the deep plays. You know, especially when when you see six edge rushers coming off, you know, just, you know, do do the hot route and audible it deep. You know, besides that, when when, you know, they aren't rushing six guys, I think Kittle, you know, the little, uh, you know, dunks and and whatever you call them, you know, get get McCaffrey out in the flat, get Kittle out with the little Texas routes. And then when you see him rushing six, just go deep. Um, because that 25th EPA versus 15 plus or more air yards, that's a, uh, that's really bad. So I think just as long as they, he can get it out and they scheme up the good plays, it's in a dome. It's not against the Browns last week. We're just going to have to get rid of that game completely because yeah. that was just the worst one that they're going to have in, in my yeah. opinion. So 
I think so too. And it was a day where Brock was like pretty inaccurate too, which like isn't something that we always see from him too. So as long as he's sharp and he gets those balls out quick, I think they're going to be in a good spot. And the Vikings defense is in zone 64.2% of dropbacks. That's seventh most in the league. And normally this is where we would talk about Debo because we, we talk about how good he is. Um, in zone and his target share is so high in zone, but Debo is going to be out for this one. So other guys are going to have to step up and try to play that Debo role as much as possible. I mean, we alluded to uh, Ray Ray McLeod, you know, having that, I think we saw that in glimpses against the Browns as well. Guys like Juwan Jennings, or he's going to need to step up. I, I mean, even Ronnie Bell possibly could get some extra snaps in this one, but I think uh, George Kittle could could possibly have a big day here as well as as we've also mentioned i don't know if you knew this Lori, but sunday is national tight end day um a day coined by george Mm. kittle uh but that's not the only reason that i think he'll have a good day the vikings have allowed three touchdowns to tight ends so far this season um and so i think it but again like that's not the only reason that i think he has a good day other guys need to step up finds those soft spots in the zone. I feel like, you know, Kittle has a uh, experience doing that. Kyle can scheme that up. 54.2% of Kittle's targets this year have come in zone. He hasn't had a ton of targets this year. That's what like people have been uh 49er fans have been complaining about this week, but I feel like this is a game to feature him just a little bit more. Yeah, like it's got to come eventually. It's got to come eventually. Um you know, and this this has to be the game. Um, you know, I, I think that they don't have a choice. With Debo out, he has to scheme him open. Um, because, you know, you can't just have one guy, you know, Ayuk out there. Um, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be bracketed, he's gonna be double teamed, he's gonna have, you know, two sets of eyes on him at all times. And McCaffrey is always someone that they're gonna keep their eye on. So Kittle has to be that guy. Um and it's not about him getting it done. I think it's more about Kyle getting it done for him. Yeah. Um, because I, I I, just, you know, I think that Purdy will be able to get the ball out against that blitz. So it's just up to Kyle to be able to get that done and get Kittle, um, you know, get the hands, get his hands on the ball. I'm glad you mentioned that it's like it, Kyle has to be the one to kind of like scheme certain things for Kittle because there's there's been this misconception that George Kittle is just blocking all the time like he's just helping block but like that's not really the case like yes he's helping chip and i think we saw that and uh, against the browns but he's still running a lot of routes he's still out there one of the issues is i guess he's like third or fourth in the progressions most of the time so that's one of the reasons why he's not going to get targeted as much yeah and he's blitzed yeah. and brought and brock's blitz so you know how yeah. much time does he have to get to his third read not yeah, exactly. And so in this one, like, and because they've probably known that Kittle would, you know, would have to step up in this one because Debo is going to be out. And, you know, they probably even thought for a bit of the week that McCaffrey might be out too. So like, I would imagine that they are going to make it a point to have Kittle like earlier in the progression this week. So he can get some of those opportunities. And we also talked about Brandon Ayuk, right? I, I think uh, Ayuk can have a big game too. And you mentioned like he, he will probably be targeted, not targeted bracketed um, because with Debo out, like 
it makes sense. A lot of the attention is going to go to Ayuk. I still think there's some room for Ayuk to have some success. And as you can see here, what I put up, he's um, he's getting a lot of targets in early downs. And so I think that's going to be huge for the 49ers. Um, opposing offenses have a top five neutral pass rush rate, pass rate versus uh, the Vikings, 54%. Um, so I think this is going to be a game where like, I mean, even Ayuk's going to need to step up, right? Like, so find him, find your other playmakers. I think it's going to be a fine day for Purdy and the Vikings corners, um, Metellus and Evans, actually, I guess Evans is going to be out in this one. So I don't even know who their backup is, but Evans, um, was giving up a 112.9 passer rating and Metellus 113.8. So I, yeah, I think the 49ers should be able to have some success throwing the football in this one. Yeah, no, but, for, for sure. Go ahead. I wanted, I wanted to ask you, Lori, cause like I saw that the Vikings are also in cover three, 34.5% of the time and cover zero, 14%. Both of those are most in the league. Um, and so Based on what we've been talking about, based on, you know, some plays that you've seen have some success uh, against those types of coverages, what what could you maybe like imagine the 49ers doing to exploit that? Well, for couple cover zero, just go deep, honestly, because there is no safety. So, you know, maybe try to have, uh, you know, two two deep crossers. Um, you know, and maybe um, some stacked receivers. So when they line up on the line, kind of right next to each other, so they can switch coming off in, in that corner, um, you know, in that nickel, we'll have to make a decision. It'll be one-on-one and one guy's going to be late getting out there, um, you know. And uh, for for cover three, I mean, you can kind of do the same thing. So um, people say cover three and cover one are kind of like um, interchangeable in a way where, you know, you have the two corners. If they just back up a little bit, then that's cover three. Obviously like if they're pressed and there's only one safety at the top, that's cover one. Um, you can kind of scheme it the same way. Um, but I think with, with the cover three, they're going to have that middle of the field open. Um, but not like the deep middle, but in their intermediate middle, I think that'll be open Good. for Kittle. So I think they have to that's attack perfect. him uh, in that. Um, when they see that look yeah even if not like Kittle even McCaffrey right can can take advantage of that I almost wonder and I'm just speculating here but I almost wonder if with Debo out maybe we see Christian McCaffrey take on more of the Debo role um, and act more as a receiver in this one and have Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason, you know, handle the carries a little bit more. That would also keep, I think, Christian McCaffrey out of taking so many hits uh, in his oblique, which, you know, is the injury he's dealing with. So I don't know, just, just a thought. I don't know. I'm just speculating yeah. and spitballing here, but it I wouldn't mean, Jordan Mason, to see that. Jordan Mason had a pretty good run, um, you know, in last week's game. Uh, he was able to kind of see the same exact holes that McCaffrey uh, saw. Like um, he had that one touchdown. So I think, you know, they kind of split up that role. They do it like it'll be like the 49ers offense before McCaffrey, like when Debo was kind of that role. But instead, it'll basically just be switched. So instead of Debo yeah. being it, it'll be McCaffrey. So I think you, you're onto something there, to be honest. And maybe yeah. uh, use check will be used a little bit more this week, too. 
So you never know. Yeah, he'll he'll have that like one weird game where he he catches like a huge pass. Who knows? Well, I'm sure we'll yeah. see some creative things from Kyle in this one, just because you know you're you're missing one of your Swiss Army knives on offense. You kind of have to get creative. So we'll see. A couple of other nuggets I wanted to throw in here before we do get into the score predictions. The Vikings offense against turnovers, <laughs> I think, is a is a favorable matchup for the 49ers. Um, their turnover, the Vikings turnover margin sits at negative uh, 1.2 per game, which means their offense is losing more turnovers than their defense is getting them. They and they're struggling in particular with fumbles. They average 2.2 fumbles per game and 1.5 fumbles lost per game. That's not great. Like that's such a weird thing wow. to me to struggle with. I, I don't know fumbling? why. But- like that's crazy. I, it's not. I don't think it's Madison a whole lot. Like not not from what I saw. So I I don't really know. But <laughs> apparently the whole offense is is just maybe struggling with it. So I hope the 49ers practice their uh, peanut punches this week because it could probably come in handy um, against this Vikings team. I saw that um, in one game, Kirk Cousins fumbled, Madison fumbled, and Jefferson fumbled, and all of them were fumbles lost. So. It's just yeah. like every, nobody can hold on to the ball. It's just too much pressure. And I think, dude, going back to it, I just think the 49ers, like, they're going to, like, it's going to be awesome. So Fred Warner is going to get a pick. Um, I'm calling <laughs> it now, you know, and and I'm also going to call a, a sack fumble for sure. Uh, Ooh, somebody's like going to get in there. They should have had one last week. I'm just saying they should have had a fumble last week against PJ Walker, but it's neither mm-hmm. here nor there. Uh, <laughs> but look, also going back to Kirk Cousins against primetime, I like that matchup too because he is 11 of 19, all not 11 of 19, 11 19 all time against, or not against, but on primetime. And as the Vikings quarterback, he has seven wins, 11 losses in primetime. And even worse, on Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins is 2-10 all-time. Two wins, 10 losses on Monday Night Football. Stop doing it to this guy. Stop putting him on Mondays. It's like, (laughs) my God. I feel bad for him at this point. Like, like, it's it's him against the lights. This is like one narrative that is like really, really true. And for whatever reason, which is crazy because I was actually looking at some of the stats and like the stats aren't bad. Like he actually has fine games. Like I think his completion percentage is like 68, 66% in these games too. Like he's solid. It's just like for whatever reason, maybe his defenses also suck. I don't know. But uh, Kirk Cousins in prime time just can't seem to get it done um but look i here's my score prediction i'll go first um i i'm gonna go 28 17 i would have gone 30 or more but i think that the injuries just enough like debo and you know trent being out for this one is gonna hamper the offense just enough that they'll just be under uh 30 in this one so i give them 28 and I'll give the Vikings 17 because, like I said earlier in the show, I don't think they're as bad as their record would suggest. I think Kirk Cousins is still a capable quarterback. He has Jordan Addison, who I think he's no Justin Jefferson, but he's a good wide receiver. I think they're going to be throwing a ton in this game. 49ers have done a pretty good job 
against throws and just keeping everything in front of them, I think, more than anything else. But, you know, I think Cousins is going to have some plays here and there. Um, you know, he'll be able to score. So 28-17. What about you, Lori? I mean, you make a great point about, you know, Debo being out, obviously, or else, you know, you would have gone 30. But um, I don't see the offense being the reason why they score over 30. I say the defense is going to be why they score over 30. So I'm going to go 35 to 14. Um, I don't think that they're going to even score any field goals because I don't think the defense is going to allow them to get there and maybe two magical touchdowns that they'll get. Um, So that's why I have them scoring 14, but 35, 14 is my score prediction. Speaking of field goals, I I do hope that if there is an opportunity for Jake Moody to hit a field goal in this one, that he just nails it because he needs to, he needs it. He needs to just forget about the Browns game. That whole game was forgettable, I think for everyone. So um, yeah, but that that's a great prediction, Lori. I hope that one comes true. You were right about last week. That was a very close game and it was very low scoring. Uh, all things considered. So I got to give you props for that one. We see, we, we 49 fans got, I think we got too cocky. We were like, yo, we're, we're scoring 30 something on <laughs> the weather, man. It was a yeah, huge that did, factor that did it was impact. raining sideways for sure. And so glad this week, weather's not going to be a factor. Um, and the only thing that could stop the 49ers in this one maybe is that turf. We'll we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hoping for no injuries once again uh, for the 49ers. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it's a great game. Monday Night Football, the world will be watching. Um, but for now, guys, thank you so much for tuning in on a Saturday with us. I hope you like this video. Make sure that you hit the thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Audio listeners, make sure you leave a rating or a view. Um, That would do a lot to help this channel. Uh, But for now, everyone, have a good rest of your Saturday, folks. Peace.